Hi, this is Melanie, and I am the next guest at On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Get ready, it's time for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zorak, and this is episode 557 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we have a good one coming your way. Melanie is going to be joining us. Now, of course, she was at Woodstock, and she... Her songs, uh, you know, Brand New Key, Lay Down, Ruby Tuesday, Look What They've Done to My Song, Ma. And it just goes on and on, all the things she's done. It's a great interview. She's so interesting to hear and a wonderful guest. So uh, get ready for Melanie. She's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And uh, she's also going to be having a live stream concert on Saturday, June 26, 2021. Just in case you're listening, you know, in the future here, you know, you've missed it. But uh, it's uh, it's out there for this Saturday. So get ready for that. We're going to give you information about where you can find out all the information about how to get in on that concert. So it's going to be live streamed on the Internet and you can check it out. So uh, get ready for that. That's coming up in a few minutes right here at On Screen and Beyond. Well, we've got a lot of things going on. I have completed updating all of Season 1 of On Screen and Beyond. So uh, we have, what, 150 or some odd episodes back on up. So you can listen to those. And, of course, we have over 557 episodes. And uh, we're slowly getting them back online since we've made the move to our new provider and it's just going to take me a long time. But Season 1 is complete. It is there, so you can check that out. And uh, also, be sure to tell a friend. And now that Apple has changed to uh, their Apple podcast, how they do it, uh, I'm not a big fan of it, but yet, <laughs> at least not yet. Uh, it's a little confusing, and it doesn't give me the information that I normally get as far as, uh, you know, as a, as a person who is getting info um, you know, listening to podcasts and things because I listen to podcasts too. So uh, I, I find it's not as uh, as uh, helpful as it was. And uh, the best way to turn around and get that information because I know I think sixty seven percent of the people who listen to On Screen or Beyond are getting it from Apple. So uh, if you subscribe, well, they don't call it subscribe anymore. Now they call it um, what follow. So if you want to follow on Apple podcast, do that because uh, that's the way you're going to automatically get these episodes. And also, if you're not following, you can still find them, but you got to go and search. So, you know, really <laughs> follow me on Apple podcast. It'll make it a lot easier for you. And uh, on all the other podcast providers, check us out there. And uh, well, what do you say? Let's get into it. It's time for Remake Badness on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness. Well, American Gigolo is getting a re-imaging, as they're calling it, but not on the big screen this time. John Bernthal. Now, of course, he was in Walking Dead and all kinds of other things, too. He's going to be starring in it as Julian Kay, the role originated by Richard Gere, in a 10-episode TV show for Showtime. So might want to check that out when that comes our way. Keep you informed as far as when it is going to come out. And a remake of 1979's The Rose, is, uh, which originally had Bette Midler, of course, is in the works by Searchlight. And another adventure thriller set on Mount Everest is in the works. Ian McGregor will star in Everest. This one is set in 1921. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, it looks like Richard Dreyfuss and Gabrielle Byrne will star in a Western thriller called Murder at Emigrant Gulch. And Paul Giamatti will star in a film called The Holdovers as a disliked teacher and a school cook and a student who can't go home for Christmas are stuck at the school over Christmas vacation. The comedy starts filming next year. 
and Rhea Perlman and Josh Peck will are going to be joining the cast of a Netflix picture called 13 The Musical. Production is underway. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen to be on sequels. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequels. It looks like Gerard Butler will star in a sequel to his film Greenland. The sequel is called Greenland Migration. And his family must leave the safety of the bunker to find a new home. Filming starts in 2022. Jessica Henwick of Matrix 4 has joined the cast of What Else? Knives Out. The cast keeps getting bigger and bigger. And Code 8 Part 2, a science fiction sequel, has been picked up by Netflix. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen Beyond, what's coming away as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, Pennyworth, the complete second season, hits Blu-ray and DVD on July 13th. Star Trek Discovery Season 3 lands on Blu-ray and DVD on July 20th. And American Gods Season 3 on DVD and Blu-ray on July 20th. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD, Columbia Classics 4K Ultra HD Collection Volume 2 arrives on September 14th. The collection includes an 80-page hardcover book with the following films, Anatomy of a Murder, Oliver, Taxi Driver, Stripes, Sense and Sensibility, The Social Networks, and 20 short films. And Raiders of Justice with Mads Mikkelsen will be riding on to Blu-ray and DVD on August 17th, and A Quiet Place Part 2 on Blu-ray and DVD and 4K on July 27th. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen to Be On, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, well, a spinoff of How I Met Your Mother called How I Met Your Father will land on Hulu, and it will star Hilary Duff. Season 10 of American Horror Story Double Feature will have actor Neil McDonough in the cast, and he will play Dwight Eisenhower. Now, no, that's not the president, but uh, just has the same name, and that's going to be debuting on August 25th. And Ned Beatty, sadly, this past week, known for his roles including 1972's Deliverance, Network from 1976, and Superman with Christopher Reeves in 1978 has passed away at the age of 83. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have an interview that you want to hear for sure. Melanie is coming our way. Brand new key, Ruby Tuesday, Lay Down, all those songs and more. She has a live stream concert coming up Saturday, June 26, 2021. Going to get all the information on that coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Melanie. Today on On Screen and Beyond, we have the pleasure of having a music icon joining us. She performed on stage at Woodstock, she has won an Emmy, and over the years she has given us wonderful music, and her hits include Lay Down, Candles in the Rain, Ruby Tuesday, Brand New Key, What Have They Done to My Song Ma, The Nickel Song, Ring the Living Bell, and so many others, and she has a live stream concert coming up this Saturday, June 26, 2021, that you don't want to miss. It's Melanie. Melanie, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, Melanie, you know, there are only so many people, only a handful probably, that you can say one name for them and people know who it is. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I used to be the only Melanie. I, I was 
I grew up with it, and it was a curse growing up because I used to wish, why couldn't my mom name me Jane or something, you know? Because <laughs> what's your name, Melanie, like watermelon <laughs> And, you know, things like that. So I, w- I had always wanted to blend, and with a name like Melanie, it just was impossible. But um, it, it was a good name for uh, just using one name because there weren't any other Melanie's. Mm-hmm. It was even it was before the Spice Girls, right? Know? Yeah, <laughs> and it was before Melanie Griffith, yeah. and there were no other Melanies. Yeah. So, um, oh, it's Gone with the Wind was a Melanie. Now, <laughs> now you said that you wanted to blend in. Were were you shy when you were growing up? Oh God, I was such an introvert, and um, but you know, as uh, as it goes, people read things into shyness that can be interpreted as uh, aloof or stuck up mm-hmm. <laughs> where does she think she is and, and I think I fell into that category more than not and it was the, like the last thing I wanted you know yeah. me stuck up I just I just wanted I wanted a friend you know? <laughs> <laughs> well it, it, now if you were you were shy I mean, I hear this so many times, really, because actors have told me that they're shy, and and you know, and I've had some singers and everything that have said the same thing. But how do you go from being shy to being in front of, you know, thousands <laughs> of people? <laughs> I know it's just crazy, isn't it? Sort of, you must have a, a will to destroy yourself or something, <laughs> because um, the, the, the strange thing is, I think about it a lot because. Again, I'm, my first instinct when I go into a, a crowded room, a party or something, is to find the fastest corner and, wow. and find a chair and sit in it. Huh. You know, and maybe somebody comes over and we'll start a conversation. That's okay. I'm really good on one-on-one, but um, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what would possess a person who is just—it's painfully shy. I mean. Yeah. Really, and uh, I, I've gotten to the point where I know how to maneuver, you know, in life being this way. Um, but I'm always—it's always a sense of like I'm almost holding my breath so I can get behind a closed door. Yeah. Wow. But it... um, I think it has to do with a, a, a real intense drive to communicate something of your most authentic self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the only way you can do it if you're shy because if you're not maybe I would have uh, you know just been a party animal <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know gone out and told everybody everything but being a person who, who couldn't communicate that unless I was on stage and allowed to do my songs mm-hmm. yeah well thank goodness for us who, who have enjoyed your music over all these years, that you did go out and make all those songs. It's crazy. Absolutely. I can't believe it's been, it's been 50 years since um, uh, Gather Me, which is the, it was the record label that I started with my husband. We were the first U.S. independent artist that, ever opened their own label. The only other independent artists that had opened the label were the Beatles. Right, yeah. With huh. Apple Records, and that was it. Neighborhood was was it. And little did I know that I was flying in the faces of the status quo and the record industry as it existed then, and there were no independent artists. Mm-hmm. You know, the, everybody was beholding to oh, different... Yeah record business people and um again i made enemies in high places without even realizing that i was doing that i just wanted to be independent so that i could uh you know express really who i was instead of having like an image you mm-hmm. know put on me yeah did you find that the record companies were you know really controlling oh yeah definitely they um, in fact, my first record label um, ha- had a sneaky thing. They, they um, actually 
owned my copyright, which is was illegal anyway. Um, they, you know, I won my copyright back. Wow. Early, early, early on. Um, that was when I was with Buddha Records. Yeah. And uh, I won the rights back. And ironically, all these years later, uh, somehow through legalese or whatever, um, I am not compensated for my copyrights at all. Oh, so uh, at this point, I have to go, you know, do it again. But I'm working with um, a company called Article 27 uh, Music, and they are focusing on artists. Uh, right. Hmm. So well, I'm time. hoping that 50 years later, brand new key. It's the 50th anniversary of that song. It says that was on my own label. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gathered me. Well, since you brought that song up, let's talk about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, brand new key, uh, a huge hit. I mean, it, it wasn't just a, a U.S. hit. It was hit all over oh, the, yeah. the world. And did you think, now you wrote that song, uh, did you yeah. ever think that, uh, you know, this was going to be such a huge hit? Uh, not when I first started writing it, but I was married to a producer, and I we, we were married for 47 years, and uh, he heard the song. I, I wrote it following a very long fast. I, I was... Um, I was an early on quester for what's my perfect diet, what should people eat, mm-hmm. you know, and I got, I was a vegetarian, I was a fruitarian, <laughs> and I became a breatharian, actually, I was fasting for 27 days on nothing but distilled water, wow. and uh, uh, I had finished the fast, my fasting guru, Dr. Bernard Jensen, um, in Escondido, California, said, Melanie, I think it's, you know, time, good, good time to break the fast. And so I, um, I did, and I went home to where I lived, and he said, now your perfect diet is going to occur to you. Now, I was having a problem. I wasn't really cut out to be a vegetarian. I was a, a blood type O, which is like the original blood type meat eater people. Mm-hmm. And I, here I was, you know, going against my natural body type and so I kept getting sick so that's why I kept experimenting with well I'll just eat fruit you know and I'll just eat this and then I'll maybe I'll add eggs and you know you I was looking you know I was wondering what to do I didn't want to spend a lifetime being sick so uh he he himself was a vegetarian this Dr. Jensen and he said that just according to my body type and my blood type, I should eat meat. I was horrified because I I was a vegetarian for quite a while, and I knew every horrible thing about why people should and should not eat meat and everything. But um, So I did incorporate it into my uh, diet eventually, but I went home, and he said, break the fast very gradually on partially cooked grated carrot or zucchini or something. And so I did that for maybe um, four or five days. And then I went to a flea market. Those were days when they would start at four in the morning, you know, and you'd go with your flashlight. And I would say, what's your dealer's price? (laughs) And, um, And come home with a huge bag of, people's old stuff for $10, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that was my fun. That was what I love to do and uh, look through it, you know, later and think about how it was when these people used these arm tools or uh, the first electric fan, you know, <laughs> that was really weird stuff. I love, I love, um, I love hardware. <laughs> I don't know why, but hardware is old hardware is really cool mm-hmm. anyway so um i was coming home and i was hungry and we were passing uh, something and i i got this wafting sense of, of, of something smelling so good and I, what is that what is that 
and we were passing a McDonald's. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, Dr. Jensen said the perfect diet's going to show itself to me, and that certainly smells really good. So from a 27-day fast and being a vegetarian, I went into McDonald's and ordered the whole works, you know, mm-hmm. the, the burger, the fiberglass milkshake, and the rancid oil french fries. <laughs> and I... I ate it all, and and I didn't feel bad at all. I, in fact, I fin- finished my last bite of burger, and that song came into my head. I got a brand new federal skate sheet. I got a brand new, and and I really, really did. And um, so I went home, and I'm sitting at the edge of the bed, you know, with my guitar, and I'm playing it. And Peter said, my husband. Uh, record producer, shameless hit record producer, I might add. And um, he said, what's that? I said, oh, it's just like a little blues kind of ditty thing I was writing. He said, no, no, play that, play that part again. You know, he did. He said, that's a hit. That's a hit, Melanie. I went, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. If that's a hit, you know, I'll be doomed to be cute forever and ever. So, um, but sure enough, you know, we did go in the studio, and, and it, it turned out so uh, so different, you know. It was like nothing else. In mm. fact, it was so different, I never imagined that radio would really play it. And in fact, it was banned on radio stations all across America because um, there were things being read into the lyrics mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. <laughs> really didn't exist in my head anyway. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe subliminally somewhere in there I did know but I didn't really it wasn't a conscious thing um I was thinking about roller skating and putting the little apparatus on your shoe Mm -hmm. and you needed a special key to tighten it to your the sole of your shoe and having going down suicide hill (laughs) in New York it was a a hill called suicide hill and the I fell and broke my front tooth, and I was just thinking of all this stuff, and my dad holding the bicycle while I was learning and, you know, taking the training wheels up, and you're holding, right? And and you hear his voice get further and further away. <laughs> I know that he wasn't holding the bike, and I'd fall down. I was just mm-hmm. having all these memories of growing up and bicycle riding and roller skating, and, and this song just came into my head all at once, and... um and it was, you know, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I tried eating hamburgers again to see if, if it would happen, <laughs> but it never did. Huh. It's, well, it's, and, and isn't it surprising how many, when you write a song, or, or any, a lot of artists, when they write a song, and then people start picking it apart. And they start saying, oh, oh well, sh- they mean this. Oh, they mean this. Oh, no, they're, they, this is bad, or this is good, or, you know. It, it, yeah, right. <laughs> And all I know. Said, I wrote a song. <laughs> you know what? They're all right. They're all right because you know I write a song. It's sort of like picking it out of the atmosphere. I, I really, really. I'm sure you've heard this from other writers, but I mean, well, sometimes people like to take more credit for what they do, <laughs> so you might not hear it from other artists. <laughs> I think I think a lot of um, songwriters or even people involved with them like to think that. You know, the artist slaved over this thing mm-hmm. you know, that, that they, they think is important or something. So um, I know that I had I had this experience once in um, uh, California, which is a place I stay away from mostly. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was I was in L.A. and the people who were um, doing a, a TV show contacted me and asked if I'd be interested in writing a, a piece of music for the the show. So I said, well, yeah, why not? I've never done that before. That would be kind of fun, new new and different. Um, so they gave me the, um, the task of coming up with uh, the lyrics. And so I watched the show a couple of episodes, and I had the first line in my head. It was the first time I loved forever. And I said, this is the most perfect thing. And I sang it to the um, 
producer, I think it was the next day, and they said, oh, well, we'll run it by the director, and we're going to run it by this guy, and we'll run it by that guy. And uh, they said, no, no, it, it's not it's not right. Um, they want something that reflects his point of view and something that reflects her point of view. And they went back and forth with a legal pad full of lyrics. But I knew that the first lyric, it was so perfect Mm -hmm. but it was this was before you know instant communication with computers or anything so there wasn't um there was only paper trail (laughs) at that point and i would submit my piece of paper and um it was getting rejected everything i was writing was getting rejected but i knew i knew deep in myself that that first thing i submitted was the best Mm -hmm. and i kept rewriting it i kept trying i wasn't buying trying to be cute or anything i was trying to please whatever they thought they were needing and what i did finally was after months of being tortured i actually submitted the first thing i wrote and the the producer called me and said melanie you see all your hard work paid off And I won an Emmy for that. Yes, yes. For for, Isn't for the theme the theme song to Beauty and the Beast, just so in case everybody is wondering what we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean and I'm gonna tell you, I mean, not to put it down or anything, but it's the last song I would have ever imagined would be an award winning song. You know, mm-hmm. um I've written so many songs and uh, and and for that to be the award. But, and people are so impressed with awards. I know it's it's like um, having that uh, doctor title in front of your name or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. Grammy award winning, uh, you know, Emmy award winning. So um, I finally had an Emmy award winning title to have in front of my name. But you've got to hear my other songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. You I mean, you have so many. It's just just incredible that what comes out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. My mother thought so too. <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, when you redid now Ruby Tuesday, did you sing that after the Rolling Stones or before the Rolling Stones? It was they had released it on an album and Okay. It wasn't, I, I don't think it was like their major hit or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in fact, a lot of people thought I wrote it because yeah. it, it became such a big hit, especially in Europe. It was It was like, if you say Melanie in Europe, they'll say you're maybe not Melanie Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> and I, um, so yeah, a lot of people thought I wrote it. Um, but it was, Pretty much as the album was coming out, I think okay. their album. Yeah. And in fact, I have a picture of uh, Mick Jagger wearing this big button, a promotional button. It says, "Here, Melanie's Ruby Tuesday any day." <laughs> <laughs> no, was it intimidating singing a song by the Rolling Stones? No, no, we were. I, you know, it wasn't. It didn't. It wasn't like that. You know. I mean, I knew there were big deals, mm-hmm. but um, we were all working at the same time, you know, right. and I was doing a festival that they were in, and, you know, it wasn't, it, it didn't, didn't have, the, there's so many different kinds of echelons now, Yeah, you know, where it didn't feel like that then. There yeah. was, I mean, at Woodstock, there were people from all, all genres and uh in fact, that's, I think, the key error in the whole um, let's do Woodstock is that they just keep signing the usual suspects, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can see these people at Coachella, why should you go out of your way to a place called Woodstock where it's really very difficult to get to and there aren't a lot of places to stay. It's not a, It's not the... It, you'd, you'd really need to really get that essence of what it was, mm. you know, which was this incredible eclectic mix of, you know, there was Shauna you know, yes. and and uh, Jimi Hendrix and Janis mm. Joplin and Ravi Shankar and uh, Tim Harden and Melanie, you know, that yeah. it was all over the map. And I think that's 
what the original people who keep trying to tap into, they think they own the name, so that's all they need. But I, I think they really need to rethink the who is happening now, not so much as who's going to attract the most kids. You know? right. I think it's more um, a, a get a really good bunch of artists and and you'll get people yeah yeah so what was that experience like for you i've had a couple of people in fact you mentioned shanana henry gross was on the show uh -huh. just a, a, about a month or so ago and and a, quite a few years ago i had wavy gravy on who, oh yeah he's great yeah so yeah that was an experience believe me <laughs> I, I was sitting down <laughs> live with him so that was that was a little unusual for me yeah <laughs> I was I was unsure with him too. We did something called, I think it was a hippie fest or something, yes. and um, it was that was quite an experience. But yeah. he's a genuine person, you know. So oh yeah, it's it's really nice to know that there are some people who are still who they are. Yeah. You know? yeah. So was was Woodstock? Uh, a surprise to you how it turned out or was it you know it, it was amazing um i was in the same office building not me me and peter peter was a producer before um i was even a, a singer and he had an office in the same building as um kama sutra and buddha records mm -hmm. and um then i was on buddha records for a bit and uh they it just kind of occurred, you know. This was a year before the actual festival. It was going to be called an Aquarian Exposition. It wasn't called Woodstock yet. Yeah. And um, somehow, you know, between Peter and me and them, and oh yeah, you should be there, you know. And so I was going to be there, and then my career started, you know, happening in Europe. So I was in England. Uh, and doing little showcases and meeting people, and I was writing a film score, and uh, I was I met Rod Stewart, but he wasn't Rod Stewart yet. He was in a group called the Faces. Faces that was yeah. probably the most the most famous person I had met, and um, and would go to the Hard Rock, which was like the first Hard Rock. You know, Cap was um, in London, mm -hmm. and uh, it was like the only place you could get an American hamburger. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, but you know, it, that was the scene there. And I was, my career was kind of like buzzing, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was in the studio, and the Rolling Stones were in the studio next door, and. There was big things happening, you know, like I was writing with John Campbell, who became a, a, like the arranger for films. And uh, we were, it, it didn't seem like something called the Aquarian Exposition was very important. And I mean, it wasn't because of the importance, but it didn't seem like I should leave in the middle of a recording session um, for a, a film and, and go do this. So Peter and I talked about it and finally we decided, yeah, you should go, you know. And um, he stayed behind to work in the studio and uh, mix things and stuff. And then I was going to go home and my mother picked me up to uh, do this. What I was thinking was going to be like um, a festival like people would picnic blankets and <laughs> you know families and there was going to be arts and crafts which was exciting to me I could, go, I could go shopping and you know maybe get some cool clothes or something you know <laughs> the, the tie-dye things and um so, so I had no clue no clue whatsoever it was before the, the you know the, I didn't get any of the hype for sure and so we we started to go up there and 
we hit traffic and I'm still not sure, you know, what this is about. And the traffic turned out to be traffic miles and miles from the, the site. And I had to make phone calls and this is before cell phones, you know, so, um, you know, find a phone booth and call somebody who called somebody and said, no, no, don't go there. It's over here. And I'll meet you at the hotel in Bethel and Bethel. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God, now the terror started to mount. You know, <laughs> I realized this is something a little bigger than I had envisioned. And, uh, we get to this hotel and it's surrounded by media and uh, all kinds of, you know, mainstream media trucks and everything all around. And I, I walk into the lobby um, and there's Janis Joplin. I had never, again, never met anybody famous except mm. um, the guy from the faces. You know? yeah. And uh, so here's, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking at my mom and I think, I've got to get out of here. <laughs> this is, I don't think they really want to have me. I think that they must have made a mistake, you know, and forgot to tell me. But um, I'm looking and there's Sly Stone walks by. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to get out of here. And I was all by myself except for my mother, me and my mom, you wow. know, and a guitar. That's it. No other musicians, no percussionist, no bass player, no background vocalist, no entourage, nothing. Mm -hmm. And I'm, uh, I'm thinking, how do I get out of this? And somebody's Melanie, Melanie. And I, I turn around and this guy says, yeah, go to the helicopter. And, and so we start jogging toward the helicopter. And I'm thinking, why do I have to go to a helicopter? <laughs> you know, I've never... <laughs> First of all, I've never been on a helicopter, and I didn't want to be on a helicopter. And um, everything I heard about them is that they're not really meant to fly. So uh, I didn't really think of that. And um, and so we're at the entrance of the helicopter, and somebody turns and says, who's she? So my mother. And I said, oh, it's my mom. And they said, oh, sorry, no mom. Sorry, mom. Bye, mom. And... I got in the helicopter by myself. Wow. I know. I didn't even have, like, the savvy to say, oh, that's my roadie. You know? <laughs> or my background singer or, right. you know, something where they would let her on. So I, I had no, nothing to say except by mom. And um, I got in and we took off and there were other people in the helicopter. I had no idea who they were. They were probably, you know, tech people or something. Mm -hmm. And I assumed, because it was such a rush, that I was going to be on next. Um, um, again, had no clue, no clue how many people were there. I looked down at the field, um, a, a field, and I thought it was it was some kind of thing growing. Because <laughs> I, I saw these different colors. And, you know, from the perspective of where I was, it, it almost looked like, you know, a crop of some kind. Mm -hmm. And I asked the pilot, what is that? And he says, people. And I went, no, no, I mean, right down below us. Yeah, it's people. And then he points to the distance and he says, that's the stage. And there was this, you know, size of a football field thing. <laughs> I'd never been on anything bigger than a, you know, a little step up stage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, um... Here I was going to descend this field, and now I'm totally in terror. I'm thinking, <laughs> this is impossible. I can't do this. I mean, I only played three chords on a guitar. <laughs> how can I do this? So, um, and I'm thinking, how can I get out of here? How can I get? And I got off the helicopter, and they led me to a, a little tent with a dirt floor. And in my semi-conscious absorbing things i noticed there was a big tent but i i didn't think of it much for the rest of the day but in a little bit further from the little tent was um a big tent and that was i think where all the, um big big celebrities were hmm. I, I was virtually unknown 
I had one song that a, a DJ in New York, Roscoe, on WNEW-FM played mm-hmm. Beautiful People. And it was what they called the turntable hit because uh, the record company didn't really believe in it at all and didn't supply the radio drug record stores. Uh, so this, the Roscoe started playing it, and it went what we call now viral. And it was mm-hmm. like a, all the underground radio stations are playing it, and in fact, pirate radio stations are playing it in Europe and um it was the only song, if anything, that maybe one percent of that audience that Woodstock knew. And uh, I, I waited all day in this tent, and I, I thought again because Richie Havens was on when I descended mm-hmm. the, onto the field, and I thought I'm probably next, you know. So I'm like, you know, in terror, about to throw up, you know, <laughs> and. Um, I thought I was on next, and it it just kept going that way all day. You know, somebody would come up and say, you're next, and then they'd say, never mind, or sometimes they wouldn't even bother to say, never mind. I would just not be on the stage and not hear somebody else. So I knew it wasn't me. But, um, but it was like that all day until night, and um, Ravi Shankar was on, and it had started to rain, and I'm thinking, oh, my prayers are answered. Everybody's going to go home now because it's raining and nobody's going to stay. Everybody's going to get up and go home and unsaved. I won't have to do this and I'll go back to the studio in England and it'll be all the way it was. And just as I'm in that reverie, uh, somebody came on, come into the tent and said, you're on next. Wow. Only this time it was for real. <laughs> Did you, so when you went on, was it, I mean, did you have like butterflies or anything when you were? Butterflies are, no, butterflies are cute. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing cute about this. It was horrible. Wow. It was absolutely, I mean, I was, I was in such terror all day long. I mean, the only a sweet moment I remembered was, uh, I, I had developed this deep bronchial cough, and I was coughing. It sounded like the demons were coming out <laughs> of me. And, I mean, it was so deep. And, and I, again, I had – you, you, you can't even imagine. I was like I was going to face a firing squad, Jeez. you know. And um, I started to walk toward that uh, – oh, I was going to say the nicest thing that happened was Joan Baez heard me from the upper echelon tent and sent over her assistant, or she said she was her assistant, and said, Joan heard you coughing and thought you might like this, and it was a pot of uh, tea with lemon and honey. Hmm. And that was the sweetest thing that ever happened at Woodstock for me during the, I mean, during the wait, you know, to get on. And because everybody always thinks, oh, you got to hang out with Jimmy's Hendrix and Janis Joplin and everything. you know, no. <laughs> I was in my little tent suffering and um, thinking of how I could get out. I didn't even have a set. I didn't have a set list. Do you believe that? Really? I'm like, no, no, it's not like, um, this wasn't a career move. This was just a concert. I was going to, you know, a festival. It was going to be a big arts and crafts thing. And, yeah. you know, so, so it was you- not was had no thought that this was what it was going to be. There weren't going to be 500,000 people in front of me. Yeah. So you just winged it? <laughs> yep. Wow. I had um I had just written a song called um well, this is I'm going to tell you this because it it was a pretty amazing thing. I I had an uh I left my body and I, I wasn't doing drugs. I actually walked on the stage and I'm walking on that plank bridge and I for whatever the amount of fear that was in me um, whatever I was no longer in my body Hmm. I watched myself walk on the stage and uh, 
I watched myself sit down. It was all quiet. And I, I saw myself sit down, my body. I saw it sitting down. And I saw the people. And I, um, had, I was just not in my body. And then at some point, I went like that back I'm, I'm in there wow. and I was uh, you know singing my first song and people were whether they knew it or not had seen this phenomenal thing happen whether they again whether they were conscious of what it was hmm. I actually came back into my body in front of 500,000 people which I think might be the, the reason why I, I it me at Woodstock was phenomenal because I I walked on that stage pretty much an unknown person and walked off the stage a celebrity. Oh yeah, jeez, huh? That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. How many songs did you do in your set? I I, think I did a thirty minute set. A thirty I, minute set. Yeah. I I I didn't know. I didn't know till way later. Um, when they were doing, like, I think it was the 40th anniversary of Woodstock, a, a film crew came to where I was. I was in Florida at the time, and they talked to me about all the different experiences. And um, uh, I, you know, we had lots of interviews, and they did lots of footage. And I think it was for um, the History Channel it was supposed to be on. Mm -hmm. And um, I told them all about my out-of-body experience and my, my experience about saying things like that is that it's never ever put on i mean they always edit that part out really um huh. yeah um so anyway so i i didn't really think about that or, or i was just talking and they, were, they said oh so you've seen your set at woodstock right i said no i never did I don't even know what songs I sang. I do know I sang Mama Mama. I sang Tuning My Guitar. I sang uh, Birthday of the Sun, which was a song I had just written. Yeah. I'd never recorded it. It wasn't out. I had just written it. And because it was raining, um, there were references to the rain. So I, I just started singing it. You know, birthday of the rain, birthday of the sun, happy birthday to the rain. So, um, and that was the song that was on the Woodstock album of all things. Yeah. Uh, and people who, you know, like I call them born again hippies, you know, kids <laughs> who have the album from vinyl stores, you know, say, oh, do birthday of the rain. <laughs> and I, I don't sing that song. <laughs> I mean, I think I sang it once at Woodstock. Wow. And it got recorded, you know. But, um, yeah, no, so, I mean, that the experience of me at Woodstock was, for me, it was a personal uh, epiphany, really, because I had never left my body before. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was, you know, that it was an awakening. Wow. Jeez, that's, that's, that's incredible. So uh, now uh, we could go on through all your songs, but you know we, we'd be here for days. <laughs> but but I, I wanted to ask you um, uh, about your song. What have they done to my song, Ma? And of course, a lot of people have done it over, and it's called "Look What They've Done to My Song, Ma." Um, but with that song, is there a meaning behind that? Did you? I mean, were you writing something? I, because I, it was it was quite literal. I was in the studio, and uh, again, Peter and I were the most odd couple because he was, again, an extrovert. He was a, a shameless hit record producer. Just anything he could make into a hit, he would. So, um, you know, here, I don't know what we were working on, but we were working on a song, and I was in the vocal booth you know i assumed the mic was off and because they were working on something and it was an isolation booth you know a, a soundproof vocal booth so i'm in there and i i just started writing look what they've done to my song it was totally literal mm -hmm. <laughs> it was, 
you know, I mean, but the, the great thing about it is that it could be applied to so many things, especially in the arts, you know, where you, right. you start creating something and you think it's going to turn out this way or that. And then, you know, if it's a, a visual, it gets to print and they botch the colors or they mm-hmm. change the way it's cropped or something, you know, and it's, it's turned into something else. Yeah. Turned it out all wrong. Well, and then and, you got uh, another hit out of it. <laughs> it was, it was, it, you know, it was um, a hit that uh, I, I, it wasn't my hit. I, the, because I had another song that was out at the time, and it was, um, I think it was the New Seekers yes. who recorded yeah. it and had a massive hit, you mm-hmm. know, that was like um, everywhere. And uh, so it, it, people didn't even know I wrote that, yeah. you know. Till, till later. Yeah. Wow. Well, Melanie, I know there's so many things we could go over, but I do want to talk about your concert, the live stream concert that's coming up this Saturday, June 26, 2021, because there'll be people listening to this for years and and, and they won't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and you, t- you know, it's so it's been so weird not being able to uh, connect um, with people. In fact. I did the first thing. It was just a guest appearance at a local um, festival here in uh, Tennessee. And I, it was the first time I had sung in front of people looking right at you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I we've had to compensate. We've had to think of ways. We couldn't just, I, I mean, I, it was, I was really depressed for a while because tours canceled and wasn't able, and then people started going crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the world went mad, right. you know, one day. I, I just looked up, and everybody was nuts. <laughs> I think you got a song and, um, on that somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure there's, this, oh yeah, I've written quite a few songs, <laughs> and in fact, yeah, there'll be an album um, coming out soon. Oh, good. I, I was thinking, I know, you know, it sounds, it almost sounds generic, but I was thinking of calling it Timeless. Because there's something so pretty about that word, mm-hmm. and somebody wrote that wrote me a nice little thing on I don't know my social media, and they said you're just timeless, and I thought, oh I like that, hmm. you know that I mean it almost sounds like it, it would be a, a Johnny Mantis title, right? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, timeless, but I don't know, but. But somehow it, it just has this beautiful crystalline sound, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, the word itself, it just has, because of the T and the S, it's just so pretty. So I, I'm actually toying with that as a title. But um, anyway, yeah, we have a lot of new songs. And you know, I was writing, but it was, it was strange. It was such a strange, because it was, I'm older, you know, and... People have been asking, when are you going to retire? I don't think I'm going to do that. You know, I'll probably, I'll just be singing my last note and I'll go to the next place. (laughs) Off stage will be really off stage. So, uh, I don't know. You know, I just, I, I, um, it was very hard to get to the place where I felt like I'm really communicating with people. Mm -hmm. So, the live stream was was it, and um, now I feel like I, I got it. You know? Yeah. I know how to do this. You know? And we we put up a bunch of um, stuffed animals. You know, they're my audience <laughs> <laughs> because I can't just look at a microphone. Right. And yeah. you know, you want you want something. And I swear, we have a stuffed um, owl, and I it, and I got him. You know. Mm. <laughs> Gave me a standing ovation after it was all over. <laughs> so, really. so where can people connect for this live stream? Oh, good question. They go to my social media, and um, you know, I have everything. I have everything you're supposed to have, uh, much to my dismay. Really, it's such a pain. All of you know, keeping up with all of this. I I, I know that there are people who are so good at it that. You know who they are, even if you don't know what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, but it's uh, Melanie somewhere in there. I'm sure 
if you look uh, in my social media and anything you could do to help remind them that would be great yeah and, and now what is your social media with that that they can connect to is it uh, instagram or twitter or oh, instagram and facebook and uh what's the other my my website yep your website okay so all those places and, they can connect and and uh yes you see it and they'll, they'll be able to see get the information for that and uh yeah then Hear a great concert on 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 Saturday. Yes, Saturday. Yeah. Wow. And um, oh, and then we're going to have an after party. It should be interesting. Oh, really? Wow. Um, on a Zoom after party. Yeah. Wow. Or buy a special ticket and we'll have a conversation. Yeah. Well, I miss that too. You know, usually after a show, um, and that that was funny at the beginning. You know the. Agents and managers have this thing, you don't have to leave, you have to, Elvis has left the building kind of thing, you know, mm, yeah. you have to get out and be unaccessible. But for me, that was sheer misery to go back to a hotel room after, you know, having a wonderful, uh, you know, sharing experience with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I want, I want to have that experience after the show of saying hello and, Help, they helped me get back down to earth, you know, so mm-hmm. that I can go to sleep. But, you know, just going back to your hotel room after a thing like that, no wonder people do drugs, you know. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, here you have all this energy, you know, you just shared emotional things that are more personal than anything you've shared with anybody. And uh, to just to go back, be by yourself, I, I never got it. So yeah. I was I kind of got a reputation for being the, the person who'd go out and hang out and talk to people wow, and um, and sign things and yeah. people tell you their story, you know, what it was. Now, especially after all these years, there are people who have the most amazing experiences that my music somehow soundtracked, you know, mm-hmm. just, it's amazing. It, it just truly is amazing. I I never thought that um, it would have such an impact yeah. on people. Yeah. It, it's because music is is that you know it's timeless. Yeah. It really is. It 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 makes time much more bearable. Yeah. And you never does. know what what a song will do. To help somebody through something, or, or I know, you know that's the I know. I mean, I've heard that. You know, that I was suicidal, and this song really helped me. Or you know, different things. You know, you lost a loss of some kind, loss of someone you love, and mm-hmm. to, to I, you know, hold on to that song. It gives you something because music is so powerful really powerful yeah. and and that's why it's been made um so trivial yeah, it is. well melanie get it <laughs> i i, I want to finish up um with one more question or actually two-part question um but okay. i do want to make sure that everybody knows that this <coughs> saturday june 26 2021 you're going to be having a live stream concert they can get all the information at your social uh either going to facebook and just type in melanie safka and uh, they'll find you and get all the information there and they can have a great great show on uh, saturday so uh but uh, the final question yeah it's nearly nearly a two-hour show two hours because wow. i've done a long long concert and um and yeah, at least two hours, and um, and it has gonna have three camera angles, and and my son and I, I mean, he figured out everything. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty amazing, and he plays guitar and all kinds of other things, flutes and stuff. And, wow, great. Okay, the final question: When you sit back and relax. What are your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, I love i I don't watch television. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, but my the movies that I love and are I, I can watch over and over again 
One is um, being there. Yes, yeah, with uh, Peter Sellers. One of the, yeah, that was that was just a killer movie, mm-hmm. and um, uh, all of the Rita Tushingham movies. <laughs> I love Rita Tushingham. She she just had such a way of expressing, and um, uh, oh, Crackers. Have you ever seen Crackers with Donald Sutherland? I, I think I have a what long time am- ago. <laughs> amazing, got to see it again. And also another movie that really got panned was um, Ishtar. Oh yes, <laughs> it's about the two songwriters. I thought mm-hmm. that was. I, I think you might have to be a songwriter to get it, but yeah. I, I thought it was so brilliant. Yeah. People just panned it to death. Well, that was like an I old, don't know why. Was that was so like good. the old Bob Hope, uh, Bing Crosby, uh, Roach type shows. That, you know, films. Yeah, yeah. They went in all the just just the way they got their inspiration. You know, to see something fall on the ground and oh, that's a line. It <laughs> fell on the ground. You know, and and it's just so all the cheese ball stuff. People just don't. I don't know. I I thought it was so funny i mm-hmm. i was in the movie theater the only one laughing <laughs> <laughs> but i i just i thought they really really got it it's yeah. yeah. yeah well melanie i i cannot tell you what an honor it's been to have you on the show and uh, i oh, thank, thank you. you so much for your music that you've given us over the years and i wish you luck with your concert coming up this saturday june 26th and uh thank you so much for sharing with us well, thank you, and um, I'll see you again in person. Who knows? And a big thank you going out to Melody for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond, and uh, it's just so great to talk with her because she's she's given us so much great music over the years, and uh, I just love those songs. And uh, if if you haven't, if if you're young and you you don't know these songs, check them out because it's she's just a fantastic singer, and uh, it just uh, it's it's she's truly a musical icon. There's just no way around it. And uh, be sure to check out her live stream concert on Saturday, June 26, 2021. And uh, it's gonna, she said it's going to be over two hours. So it's going to be quite a concert. I'm sure she's going to sing all her great hits and uh, even more than that. And it's just going to keep going and going and going. So uh, be sure to check it out on Saturday. And, uh, well, that's about it for uh, that part of our show here at On Screen and Beyond. But I want to remind you, tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond. Let them hear all these people, these great people who are giving us such fantastic stories about their life and their music and their movies and their TV shows and everything. We've got it all here at On Screen and Beyond. Over 557 wonderful guests that have given us so much information about themselves. And uh, we try to squeeze in as much as we can. You know, we could talk for hours for all our guests, but uh, sometimes, you know, we can only get in as much as we can or they have time for. So uh, we appreciate any amount that they can give us. And uh, it's just uh, just so good to hear their stories. So tell a friend. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts. That's the new thing for subscribing. So you can call it, you know, they, I don't know why they change it. Most likely because of the social media and all that. They, they follow instead of subscribe and all that. So anyways, that's the new way to do it. And um, be sure to uh, do that wherever you are on a podcast. If they have a subscribe or a follow or something that will get you the uh, latest show right off the bat without you having to do it that's the best way to get it because otherwise once our 557 and climbing you know each week we do a new show but we've been putting up all our old episodes for you and uh, once those are all up you're going to have to go through a lot of uh, different shows to figure out what do you want to hear if you get them right off the bat then you can decide easier you know you don't have to look for them so uh, we'd appreciate you doing that, too, of course, because uh, the more people that listen to On Screen and Beyond, the more the word gets out. And we uh, have listeners all over the world. We had Belgium just come on a little while ago, and uh, we also have uh, Israel and uh, just everybody all over the world. And, of course, California and Florida seem to be the uh, – they're not the largest. We have more listeners on other states, but they have the largest 
variety of towns and cities that have downloaded from. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, amazing to see all these different places, a lot of places I've never even heard of. So uh, it's always interesting to see. And I sort of, you know, I like to go in and see where is this town, where is this city or whatever. Uh, But uh, we love hearing from you and also love hearing from you if you want to uh, send me an email and uh, that would be great if you could do that. And if you are on Anchor FM, anchor.fm, you can, if you go there to find it or whenever I post on any of the socials, if you click on that, that will take you to Anchor FM. And at that point, you can get to any of the podcast providers to get it, or you can get it right there at uh, at, uh, Anchor FM. And also, they have a little button that says Message. Now, if you click that, you can actually talk uh, your message to me, and it will be sent to me. So if you want to do that, appreciate that. Always love to hear from people. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully it's good things. But you know, if, you, if you want to send a, a complaint or a suggestion, that's fine. Uh, I don't mind that. Uh, I've, had, I've had people send me nasty things before. It's, you know, hey, I got the thick skin. So, <laughs> But, uh, no, I do I really appreciate when people send things uh, talking about, uh, you know, what they do like. And, and, and if there's something I can do, if there's a suggestion for a guest that you want to send me, do it that way, you know. Or just send me an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Like I said, I love hearing from you. So that's it. And uh, we've got another episode coming your way. That's going to be an interesting one, as always. And, of course, every day we'll get you a new episode up there whenever we can. And uh, that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Mm